0: Well, Michael, I said I wasn't going to be focusing on the scary stuff. (laughs) Uh, Recently, you know, I pointed out to a tweet that Tom Levero made a few weeks back, which said there would be a mass extinction event for startups looming in 2023. I said I was going to focus on the positive, though. And we rolled out that episode about the future of mobility.
1: Yeah, we, we did do that. But then... And
0: then we had one of the biggest bank collapses since the Great Depression, which at the time... Looked like it very well could have been that mass extinction event for startups.
1: Yeah, that did happen now it's kind of hard to avoid talking about it right but thankfully it hasn't become the mass extinction event that it had the potential to become at least
0: yeah for now right i mean that's how it looks but uh yeah i mean we can't we
1: can't not talk about silicon valley bank can we yeah i mean we should probably definitely talk about silicon valley bank
0: all right so there it is tech universe i give up we're gonna talk about the scary stuff today (laughs) here in rocket ship Silicon Valley Bank and its rapid collapse, how it got there, what happened in the wake of the meltdown, what this means for us now, right after we roll this intro.
1: Welcome to Rocketship.fm.
0: Rocketship FM is produced in
2: partnership
1: with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka, and I'm Mike Belcito. But first, a big thank you goes out to our sponsors who help make Rocketship happen. Let's hear from them, and then we'll get started.
0: As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play. Rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, hackerone.com slash ai
1: This episode is sponsored by porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies, too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year and more five star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. join us go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and save your seat for our january cohort your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today okay mike so you've given up i understand you've relented it's now time to talk about the scary stuff eh
0: uh
1: i mean when you have one of the
0: biggest bank meltdowns in history since the great depression uh directly or indirectly impacting i don't know probably all of our listeners uh yeah i guess it's something we have to talk about don't you think yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um so let's jump into it silicon valley bank what happened here where do we even start right um okay well I guess we should probably start with a brief overview of what Silicon Valley Bank is and what makes it special Um, it's one of those banks that's a household name to you and me but Like, my parents, uh, they're not involved in tech. They've never even heard of Silicon Valley Bank
1: until, you know, just started popping up in the news. So we should probably learn a little bit about Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank was founded in 1983 by former Bank of America managers Bill Biggerstaff and Robert Medeiros to focus on the needs of startup companies. Supposedly, they came up with the idea of SVP over a game of poker. Anyway, when... When Silicon Valley Bank was founded, the banking industry didn't understand the startup world very well, particularly those companies that lacked revenue. The bank structured its loans with the understanding that startups did not earn revenue immediately, managing risk based on their business model. A part of its value would be to connect startups to its expansive network of venture capitalists and investors, knowing that it would be collecting deposits from these companies if they were to get funded by these investors. It then expanded into banking and financing venture capitalists, adding services to allow the bank to keep its clients as they matured from their startup phase. It would even provide loans to these risky startups, being one of the only banks that would actually do so. Yeah, and Silicon
0: Valley Bank grew pretty rapidly in the 1980s and the 90s. Uh, Of course, it took a big hit when the bubble popped in the early 2000s, but the bank survived and it continued to solidify itself as a mainstay for startup companies that needed a bank. In fact by 2015 it was said to be serving nearly two-thirds of all tech startup
1: companies in the united states and its stock value well it exploded post march 2020 like many companies within the tech world in march 2020 its stock price had fallen to about 150 dollars a share just under half of where it was at its previous peak a couple years earlier but fast forward about a year and a half and after it hit the dip the stock had ballooned all the way up to nearly 700 a share
0: yeah which is probably a sign of the times you know tech startup valuations at that time well they're getting pretty frothy and mm-hmm. it was actually downhill from there along with the rest of the tech sector Silicon Valley bank started to decline at a good clip by the end of 2022 It was less than one third of where it was at the peak, just over $225 a share. In fact, it actually was one of the worst performing
1: stocks of 2022. Yeah, just one month ago, Jim Cramer, uh, he actually
3: liked the stock. Stock was the fourth worst performer in 2022. I think the fears were not justified. and It's a very compelling situation. Hey, by the way, long term private equity and venture capital, they're not going away. Being the banker to these immense pools of capital has always been a very good business. Stock's still cheap.
0: Okay. Just, wow. I, I don't really know what to say here, right? It, the stock is still cheap, uh, according to Jim Cramer. That was a month before the bank completely melted down in front of our own very eyes.
1: Yeah. Well, we're almost there. The, the days preceding the meltdown were actually super important because it was a series of events that really led to the bank's collapse. The first of which, well, technically, started a very long time ago.
0: Yeah, but but first, we should really keep in mind what the business model of a bank actually is. Uh, And this isn't just Silicon Valley Bank. This is really, you know, all banks. People and companies make deposits and the bank maintains those deposits, at least some of them. For the rest, well, they go out and loan the money elsewhere, they invest that money, they want to be able to make interest, right? And so usually the banks actually only hold about 10% of the money that's deposited at any given time. At least that's the minimum that they can hold. Again, this isn't just Silicon Valley. This is how banks work. But with Silicon Valley Bank, something else happened. Their biggest customer base, tech companies, well, they haven't been doing so well, right? And so that means that Silicon Valley Bank, in turn, hasn't been doing so well. There have been fewer deposits, less money to make from the startups, so they did something. Here to explain it is Kieran Audshorn in this CBC About That news segment.
3: SVB had taken out a lot of money that the tech companies had been depositing during the pandemic and they bought long-term bonds, which is totally legit and is usually a pretty good idea. Lots of banks hold on to treasury bonds because they're a pretty safe investment in the long term. They're basically loans from citizens to the US government, and they're easy to sell if you need money. But the thing about the bonds is that when interest rates drop, the value of the bonds increase. And when interest rates rise, like they have been, those bonds value decreases. And so SVB, well, they bought a lot of those bonds when interest rates were at historic lows. So they were really expensive. And now, well, we all know what's been happening in the last year. We've all seen the interest rates skyrocketing, which has lowered the bond prices. So when SVB was forced to sell their bonds at a loss, it took a big hit. Then it announced that it needed to raise more than $2 billion to keep up just with withdrawals. And that's when investors and venture capital firms really started sweating.
1: So the thing that Silicon Valley Bank did by purchasing these treasury bonds, it seemed like a smart strategy at the time, but they more than anybody should have known of the risk that interest rates would eventually go up and that's exactly what happened and when silicon valley bank announced that it would be selling some of its equity to raise cash that freaked investors out big time
0: yeah almost immediately shares of silicon valley bank began to crash the stock plummeted 60 percent in afternoon trading on march 9th this is in spite of its ceo at least at the time uh, trying to calm investors down uh, Greg Becker had urged investors and customers on an emergency Zoom call, quote, my ask is to stay calm because that's what's important. We have been long-term supporters of
1: you. The last thing we need you to do is panic. And then everyone panicked. Here's CNBC's Deidre Bossa as she joined CNBC's Brian Sullivan on a CNBC last call segment that very same day.
4: And now you have a moment where you said it, Brian, a lot of people here don't want to use those words bank run, but it certainly looks like it with more and more founders coming out and saying that maybe they should be pulling out their money. And what I'm hearing is that even if the capital structure, even if the capital requirements look good and they do at Silicon Valley Bank, no one wants to be the last one to panic. No one wants to be the last one out.
0: As Deirdre said, nobody wants to use the phrase bank run, but there was a bank run. The first fund that I heard <laughs> urging its founders to pull their money out of Silicon Valley Bank was Peter Thiel's Founder Fund. And why am I not surprised? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, look, it's a tough situation to be in, especially if you're a startup. I mean, for the startups that have their cash in the bank, only the first $250,000 is covered by the FDIC, which is you know essentially insurance that the government provides to protect that money. In a bank collapse, that money's protected, but above and beyond that, it wouldn't be. So if you're in a company that has $10 million in the bank, and let's say you need to meet payroll next week, heck, your payroll alone might be above $250,000.
1: So not being able to access the cash beyond that, it's a scary proposition. For sure. Whether it's warranted or not, when you start hearing of other startups pulling their money out, it feels like you should too right just to protect yourself and your company and that's exactly what happened but it went from a few companies doing it until a massive company started doing it until the close of business day and the bank run was on
0: it was the very next day march 10th when the collapse became official here's a wall street journal segment how silicon valley bank collapsed in 36 hours and what happened next. The next day, the bank's stock price went into freefall as customers tried to withdraw $42 billion in deposits. SVB
4: ran out of cash.
0: All of a sudden, everyone's saying, whoa, wait a minute. This bank is risky. The bank has enough money to cover deposits if they come out in sort of a peaceful, orderly fashion. When everyone's racing for the exits at once, it doesn't. That day, regulators seized the bank. The FDIC said in a statement that customers would have full access to their insured deposits in three days. But the bank had more than $151 billion worth of deposits at the end of 2022 that weren't insured. They were over the $250,000 limit.
1: Silicon Valley Bank had collapsed, seemingly in the span of less than 48 hours from the first domino falling. More on what happened after the government took over the bank after a short break. That's business.att.com. This episode is brought to you by Yahoo Finance. Wouldn't it be great if you could see all of your investment and retirement accounts in one place? With Yahoo Finance, you can consolidate your views with multiple accounts into one hub and access the expert analysis you need to tend to your entire portfolio with confidence. Honestly, this has been a lifesaver for me. I've used Yahoo Finance to consolidate all of my various 401k and investment accounts so I can see everything all in one place. And it makes it incredibly easy to manage so if you're struggling with that check out yahoo finance for over 25 years yahoo finance has been the brand behind every great investor you can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth including your 401k and other investments a comprehensive perspective is what sets apart a great investor and that's how yahoo finance ensures that you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety so go to YahooFinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. Before the break, we learned a bit about Silicon Valley Bank and what led to its eventual
0: collapse on March 10th.
1: That's the date that the government took over the bank, assuring those with deposits of $250,000 or less that their deposits would be covered and available to them as early as Monday morning. But... What about those with deposits over the limit? Which, let's be honest, that's
0: most of Silicon Valley Bank's customer base. They're businesses, right? I mean, most of them are venture-backed
1: companies who had raised millions of dollars. At the same time that the government took over the bank, it was an open question. At, at the very least, depositors were told they would receive a receivership certificate for the remaining amount of their uninsured funds. As the FDIC sells the assets of Silicon Valley Bank, future dividend payments may be made to uninsured depositors.
0: But this uncertainty It really just exasperated the panic that everybody was already feeling. I mean, many companies had payroll that needed to be run. You need cash for payroll, not receivership certificates. So March 10th was not a very good Friday at all. I mean, many entrepreneurs, like the one you're going to hear in this WFAA ABC News segment here, they were frankly scared.
1: We are
3: trying to Save our seed round. It's most of our VC capital um, that we we had just raised a seed round. All our money is in the bank. I don't know how we're going to do our payroll. I don't know what we're going to do now.
1: Even with the government taking over the bank, there was a lot of uncertainty. March 10th was a Friday, so the entire weekend, the Twitterverse, cable news, online media. If you were in the tech world, you were probably bombarded with story after story, pontificating of what might happen on Monday. And many people were painting a pretty dire picture if the government didn't cover all
0: deposits, not just those that were insured, but all of them. Because if they didn't, the impacts would be felt in so many places. I mean, we already talked about companies not making payroll uh, as many companies and payroll processors, they bank with Silicon Valley Bank. But think of everywhere that money touches. Uh, as an example, Etsy, they made an announcement that payments to sellers on their
1: platform would need to be paused. Um, you know, things had a chance to get really, really bad. Jason Kalkanis on his Twitter had tweeted over the weekend in all caps, mind you, On Monday, 100,000 Americans will be lined up at their regional bank demanding their money. Most will not get it. This went from Silicon Valley insiders on Thursday to middle class on Saturday. Main Street finds out Monday. Yeah, he also posted a post-apocalyptic looking picture
0: that was captioned, who else is going to buy some guns, provisions, and gasoline tomorrow? He (laughs) took that tweet down saying it was only a joke, but... People like Jason have been criticized for sort of fanning the flames here.
1: Yeah, we maybe don't need the tweets that suggest people go out and purchase guns and provisions. No, definitely not. Um, To be fair, though,
0: I mean, look, this was a crazy situation. I don't think Jason was wrong for his other dramatic tweets. Uh, The situation was pretty drama-filled, and he he knew that that particular tweet was wrong, and that's why he deleted it, so... I don't know, onwards, I guess.
1: Yeah, so that weekend was really filled with a lot of unknowns. We didn't hear much from officials on Saturday, but we finally did on Sunday. Here's President Joe Biden with his announcement made on Monday.
5: All customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured, I want mean, to rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. That includes small businesses across the country that bank there and need to make payroll. Pay their bills and stay open for business. No losses will be, and I'm, this is an important point, no losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. The management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by FDIC, the people running the bank should not work there anymore. Third, investors in the banks will not be protected they knowingly took a risk and when the risk didn't pay off investors lose their money that's how capitalism works
0: so all deposits would be protected by the government not just those under the $250,000 threshold and this is a very big deal yeah a big sigh of relief for everybody who has deposits in that's for sure not good news for silicon valley bank execs or investors in the company but I think it's a pretty fair trade-off. No investment in any company's a a sure thing, there's always risk, but when we deposit our money into a bank, we should be able to trust that our money is protected. So this isn't a wholesale bailout for all parties, right? But it was a government intervention to protect
1: depositors which i think is really the heart of the issue here and so everybody felt a lot more calm about the banks at that point you know that's not true michael come on (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah yeah (laughs) i know it's not the case in fact it was on that very day that joe biden made his announcement where another bank Signature Bank a crypto friendly bank who was going through a very similar bank run announced that it would be shuttering and would be taken over by the federal government as well yeah and we could do an entire episode on Signature Bank's
0: demise too but look it's safe to say that despite the government stepping in and assuring depositors their money was safe seeing two major banks collapse in a matter of days
1: particularly those who served a good portion of the tech sector well, it's kind of leaving everybody a little shell-shocked. As for what happens next with Silicon Valley Bank, well, the government essentially stood up a brand new company that's servicing all of Silicon Valley's bank's customers. Basically, a brand new Silicon Valley bank. And that bank is being led by its new CEO, Tim Mayopoulos, a very experienced banking executive who was at one time the president and CEO of Fannie Mae. But... He also knows the tech sector very well. Yes, and he posted
0: this open letter to customers, which uh, I'll read here. I'll do my best Tim uh, impression here. We are doing everything we can to rebuild, win back your confidence, and continue supporting the innovation economy. We recognize the past few days have been an extremely challenging time, and we're grateful for your patience. We are open for business and hard at work bringing all the systems and solutions back online to support you. We're making new loans and fully honoring existing credit facilities. The number one thing you can do to support the future of this institution is help us rebuild our deposit base, both by leaving deposits with Silicon Valley Bridge Bank and transferring back deposits that left over the last several days. As stated in yesterday's announcement, depositors have full access to their money and new and existing deposits are fully protected by the FDIC. If you, your portfolio companies, or your firm move funds within the past week, please consider moving some of them back as a part of a secure deposit diversification strategy. We are also open for business for any new customers. We're actively opening new accounts of all sizes and making new loans. Please reach out to your Silicon Valley Bank team with any questions. We will be sharing more updates as we continue to work and support the innovation economy. There it is. That was the letter.
1: All right, so... Silicon Valley Bank is back and open for business.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, at least while they try to find a permanent buyer for the bank, that process is still ongoing. Uh, Let's learn a little bit more about that from this Bloomberg segment.
4: So, what about Silicon Valley Bank? Have they found a buyer yet? No, they haven't. And typically, when the FDIC takes over a bank, as they did on Friday, they very quickly move to auction off the bank so that by the following Monday, uh, all is calm. That really didn't happen here. And Bloomberg has learned that a combination of infighting between regulators and other issues really marred initial efforts to get the auction underway. What we do know is that there will be a new set of bids that will be due by the end of the week on Friday and that by early next week we could have uh, some more information. We also know that with the uh, fact that the vast majority of the deposits in Silicon Valley Bank are outside the 250000 cap that is covered by the FDIC, finding a buyer, almost certainly another bank, that would take on this liability uh, has been difficult. Right. We do know several banks have been circling to look at assets of the bank, such as its loan book, such as his wine business. So again, bids due on Friday and we should have some news by early next week.
0: So maybe there will be some news very soon. And hey, buy Silicon Valley Bank and get some wine as a bonus, I guess, I don't know.
4: (laughs) Well,
1: their wine banking business. But yes, it sounds like other major banks are considering making offers and we'll see where they end up. So what now? What does this all mean for
0: banking? What does this mean for the world of tech? All of that after one more break to hear from our sponsors.
1: Before the break, we learned about the rapid demise of Silicon Valley Bank and the instant impact it had on the petrified tech community. As of the recording of
0: this episode, the new government-run version of Silicon Valley Bank is still in existence, but is hunting for a permanent buyer. But what now? What does it mean for the banking sector, along with the world of tech? Well, first, I think this entire situation made it clear that entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, basically any business with a bank account you do have to have a contingency plan in place. I mean, having 100% of your money in one single bank, well, it's now viewed as overly risky. Uh, here's Eric Bond from the Hustle Fund on the Hustle Fund's YouTube channel with his take on this.
3: It doesn't hurt to actually have your money in a few places where you are under the FDIC limit of $250,000, just in case there are other kinds of runs like this in the future, which I think are highly unlikely. but. You know, it doesn't hurt to hedge your bets to to have just a few more bank accounts too.
1: Okay, so maybe open up a couple new bank accounts. What else? Well, for entrepreneurs, I think this also shows that there may be
0: elevated risk in having your money at, I don't know, like unconventional banks. I say unconventional for Silicon Valley Bank because its business model was such that it served mostly companies, not so much consumers. Because of that, the vast majority of its holdings were in deposits above the FDIC insured limits. Dion Rabwin of Wall Street Journal
2: talks about this issue and others here on his YouTube channel. Silicon Valley Bank had what folks on Wall Street call idiosyncratic problems, meaning issues that were unique to them. As its name suggests, Silicon Valley Bank did a lot of business with venture capital firms, startups, and others in Silicon Valley, home of the U.S. tech industry. Tech investment has gotten battered this year as investors have been spooked by tumbling stock prices. The Fed's rate-hiking cycle has been especially damaging for shares of tech companies because many are relying on making profits far off in the future. Higher interest rates today eat into those potential future profits and make tech companies look less valuable. Plus, it costs more for venture capital firms and other investors to borrow money to put into these companies that are not turning a profit in many cases. So many of the firms and individuals who had money held in SVP were taking it out rather than putting more in. SVB also had invested big in mortgage debt, much of it coming at the top of the market, and home prices have generally lost value since then. And the bank purchased limited market hedges like swaps that could have reduced their losses in the event of big downturns like the ones we've seen.
1: So again, these issues that we're seeing, they're likely specific to Silicon Valley Bank, not necessarily an indication that banking in general is set to unravel. Even if, in this case, the government chose to protect depositors who were over the FDIC insured limit, there's no guarantee that can happen in the future. It may be a better idea to choose banks who are very well established and have its deposits spread between customers and businesses, or maybe even skews more towards the consumer side.
0: Or the smaller regional banks, might there actually be more risk with them now uh, because they are smaller and maybe they can't withstand a bank run as well as the you know behemoth national banks
1: well liz hoffman semaphore business and finance editor recently joined squawk box to talk about what she was hearing on this front
2: i've heard like slightly conflicting things right i was talking to a, a banker at a, a GSIB over the weekend he was kind of complaining saying that while well, our competitive advantage is that we get excess deposits because people think that we will be here tomorrow and that we're going to lose that to the small banks. The other side is why would you have your money at one of these tiny banks when there's even like a remote risk of this happening again? So I don't know. I think it'll be a very messy couple of weeks in the short term funding markets.
0: So one of those things where we're just going to see how it plays out. But one thing is for sure. Entrepreneurs now are much more aware of banking risk than they ever were a couple of weeks back. And now, I'm sure we're gonna see a flood of fintech startups and products blossoming, you know, promoting FDIC insurance related features. I mean, we're already seeing this pop up and I'm sure we're gonna see a lot more of it.
1: Well, crisis averted, at least for depositors, for now. Who knows what the future will look like? But yeah, if you had Silicon Valley Bank collapsing on your 2023 bingo cards, I guess you could check that one off now.
0: Yeah, what's next on the
1: bingo card, Michael? I, I don't know what to think about it, honestly. Well, hey, probably a good point to wrap things up here. We'll have another episode coming right at you next week. For Mike Balsito, I'm Michael Saka, and this is Rocketship.fm.